Welcome to the Revolution of Interdependence podcast. My name is Will Sampson. I'm a change coach and I'm a social scientist who guides executives and companies to new levels of growth. If you want to improve your life all by yourself, look, that's your business. But if you want help from others, that's our business. And that's what this podcast is all about, helping each other succeed. We do that by inviting people into a growing revolution of interdependence. Well, good morning and welcome to the podcast, A Revolution of Interdependence. You know, as I coach people, one of the biggest requests I get is a request to help them develop a consistent set of habits. And oftentimes it's even more basic than that, which is how do I just develop habits or a habit? And I completely understand why. You know, habits can sometimes feel like they're some kind of magical superpower. So, you know, like like Clark Kent (laughs) was born in some far off galaxy and shot on a rocket to, was it Kansas, I think he was? And he had these superpowers You know, and unlike Clark Kent, we aren't all born with magical powers that give us a lasting set of habits. Or or Peter Parker, you know, there isn't some magic spider that's going to bite us and turn us into habits man or habits woman for that matter. (laughs) You know, habits, habits are the framework for a life of excellence. Habits are things that we develop over time. Aristotle said that we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, he said, is not an act, but a habit. So habits are those things that allow us to live a life of excellence. You know, we, there does seem to be some mysticism about it, though, or or something, we almost think habits are something people are born with. You know, we look at say, LeBron James or, or uh, Tom Brady, and we look at what they do. We see, we see LeBron consistently making three-pointers or, or Tom Brady, um, you know, consistently finishing passes to whoever it is he's playing for now, I think Tampa Bay. Um, or we see, you know, a ballet dancer or a pianist, and we don't think, hmm, I wonder if they were born that way, right? We look at them and we say, oh, That's right. Those people spent a whole lot of time developing that skill, that ability to land the perfect three-pointer, that ability to, you know, land the ballet move, whatever, whatever those things are. Serena Williams, that ability to have the backswing. Like, we don't look at them and think, I'll bet they were born that way. We look at them and we think, and we admire them because they've worked hard to develop the capacity to do something well. But sometimes we're guilty of not thinking that way when we look in the rest of the spheres of life. So we see somebody who eats well and we think, well, they just, I don't know, they, they must have a good metabolism. They must have been born that way. We see somebody who manages their money well or their schedule well. And we just think, well, huh, that, they must, you know, that must be how they were born or maybe even how they were raised. But we realize, no, what they've done is they've developed a consistent set of habits. 
And right now, there is a ton of conversation about habits. Some of this is being driven by some books that are out there. So there's um, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, which if you have not read, I cannot recommend it strongly enough. It's such a great book. Uh, Another one is Tiny Habits by B.J. Fogg. And both of those books, you know, were on the New York Times bestsellers, bestseller list and really kind of broke through the noise to create a conversation. There's another book by Bruce Feiler called Life in the Transition, which I also highly recommend if you're thinking about and interested in this question of habits. Why now? So why is there such a big push right now toward habits? And I think what it speaks to is in our world, there is a need for order. It feels, I don't know if this is how it feels to you, but out there, it's, there's chaos, man. Things are a little bit crazy. And I think what this conversation about habits that's increasingly growing and getting louder and more important and getting more attention, I think what this conversation about habits is telling us is that we are in a time where we need a real sense of order. So I wanted to talk today about this idea of habits because I'm giving a lot of thought to it. I'm putting a course together on how to create lasting transformation in your life and habits will be a whole section. Um, So I wanted to talk today about developing habits, developing a consistent habit and developing, the term is a habit stack. So what's a habit stack? Well, a habit stack is, it's just a set of habits that work together that allow for continual transformation in our life. Um, So we can think about a a habit stack almost like a, if you think about a professional sports team, the stack would be all of the players and whether they work together for, uh, for the, you know, to reach the goal, whatever, whatever the goal of that sports team is, more home runs, more, more uh, goals, whatever. So we can think about a habit stack as the total team that is trying to accomplish the goal of winning the game. And in this case, we're talking about the game of life. So the habit stack is that combination of habits in your life that help you win at life. So I wanted to start by telling you a little bit about my habit stack journey, because it's easy to get, we could go academic, we could go theoretical, but none of that to me has as much value as, as the experience people have and how that experience compares to the academic and to what we know from research. So I want to tell you a little bit about my habit stack journey. If you've been listening to this podcast for, for some time or even fairly recently, you would know that part of my story is that I'm a person in long-term recovery. And I entered recovery during COVID. Now, <laughs> I realize there's a whole lot of people that went the other direction. Like I've seen the data, I've seen the statistics. There's a whole lot of people that dove deep into a bottle or you know, deep into a bong or wherever, whatever it was for them, whatever their drug of choice was for them during COVID because we were all trying to figure out how to make sense of this insanity that was capturing the world. But my, my journey was a little different. I, I entered recovery um, and shortly thereafter, a couple of months later, this thing called COVID happened and the whole world shut down. 
Now, one of the ways I was able to stay sober during that time, or one of the practices, was that I was able to, to actually help run a recovery meeting every morning from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. And one of, the, one of the reasons I was able to do that is because before COVID, for several years actually, I had been using Zoom. So I was very comfortable with Zoom technology. I know for a lot of people, you know, when COVID hit, they're like, what is this Zoom thing? And what is that about? I fortunately was very comfortable with Zoom. And so I said, look, I'll, I'd be glad to help run a recovery meeting for, on Zoom. And, you know, I can help set it up and I'll help run it, make sure it goes goes well, make sure we don't have hackers, you know, jumping in and so on. And I did that for about a year. And then there was a period of time, this was uh, early, early 2021. So about, it was about 18, 19 months ago, where I was, frankly, kind of beating myself up. I was in what I call my can't, don't, should cycle of self-sabotage. I can't have any consistent habits. I don't do what, all the things I told myself I should do. I should get up and do this. I should do that, right? This is, the, I call it the can't do show, should cycle, where we just live in this just endless loop of negative stories we tell ourselves about what we can't do or what we don't do or what we wish we would do, what we feel like we should do. And I was in that, I was deep in that cycle. And then I said to myself, and that's an interesting way to phrase it because that's really part of developing a consistent set of habits is learning how to speak to ourselves better. Because I said to myself, dude, you have been doing the same thing every day for a year. Every, every, every morning for a year, for almost a full year at that point, almost 365 days, I had been getting up and doing the exact same thing every morning. And so rather than thinking I can't do something consistently, I was able to say, oh, I do something consistently. I do one thing consistently. And we'll talk about this this one thing idea in just a minute, but we could think of that one thing as what is sometimes called a keystone habit. That's what James Clear calls it, and I like that term. It's a keystone habit. It's a, it's a, if you think about going back to our sports analogy, it is the LeBron James of the team or the Steph Curry or the Tom Brady or whoever soccer, uh, European football star you can come up with. It's that, it's that one habit that you say, wow, this I can build a, another set of habits around. And I realized that I'd been doing this one thing every day for a year. So I said, well, what else could I do? Well, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I've been, I've been telling myself I don't go to the gym or I should go to the gym. Well, I'm doing this thing every day. What if I went to the gym just before it? What if I went to the gym for 30 minutes just before this meeting every, every morning? And I did, and I started to feel real good about it. Not only was I getting in better shape, which of course really helped that mind-body-spirit connection become more healthy, but 
what I began to do was have a series of wins around the habits I was creating. So I had been doing this one thing every morning for an hour. Um, and then I added the gym. And suddenly now I was going to the gym four mornings a week. And as I started to do that, that was about probably about two months. And I said, wow, now I have two habits. What else could I do? And I'm not gonna go through the whole habit stack with you all here, um, my listeners, but you get the idea. It's a set of habits that I was, I've been able to build because they stack together, almost like building blocks or like Legos. They stack together. And I now have a set of habits or a stack of habits <clears throat> that I can look to and say, these are part of my growth journey. So that's the sense of what a habit stack is. And now I want to talk a little bit about how you grow into a set of habits. Because for me, what, I began, what I've begun to learn is that um, there really is a process for how, I, for how I have grown these habits. There's a process for how I've gotten to the point of regular and consistent transformation in my life. And you can think about this around four words. Word number one is think. Word number two is be. Word number three is do. And word number four is grow. And I'm going to put something in the show notes, but I've actually got a, you don't necessarily need to write that down because I've actually got an infographic you can download that talks about these four steps in the growth process. So what do I mean by think, be, do, grow? Well, change, transformation, it always starts in our head. Transformation begins when we imagine what we would like to change. It begins when we believe that we are capable of deep shifts in our life. Transformation begins in our brain. It's a process where we think. If, you, if you're familiar with the idea of stages of contemplation, right? It's those early senses of pre-contemplation and contemplation. We begin to think, you know, I could do this, whatever that is. I could grow in this area. I could become more healthy. I could um, manage my money better, manage my time better. I could uh, have more whole and healthy relationships in my life, right? That all begins in the head. It's a process, it's a brain process that is driven by our ego. And ego can really get us in trouble, but it's, it's not a bad place to start. Because in the brain, in the ego, we actually begin to understand, oh, I could grow, I could transform, I could be more whole, more healed, and that's a process that happens in our head. But <clears throat> I think where so many of us get, get stuck on habits is that we stay in our head. We think that the way to develop a more consistent set of habits is to just keep thinking about them. 
And thinking is such a great place to start, but it will not get us where we want to be in terms of developing a habit stack. And here's why. Because the brain will get in the way of what needs to happen to our spirit and to our identity. Our brain, the prefrontal cortex in particular, is designed to judge. It's designed to help us get out of jams, frankly. It's designed to help us see what could go wrong and what might be wrong. And it's always communicating with that lizard part of our brain that wants us to be afraid. Um, because for many millennia, from an evolutionary perspective, it was really helpful to be afraid of things. <laughs> so thinking is a great place to start when we want to build meaningful transformation. But step two, we actually need to begin to develop a new identity. Now, there's some contention in the habits community, if you will, about do you act into a new way of being or do you be into a new way of acting? And there seems to be a good amount of research for either of those approaches. I can tell you why I put identity second, why I think it's important to be before you do, because it's my experience, and there seems to be some good research around this as well, that we are more likely to stick with a habit if we see ourselves as the kind of people that do that thing. So there was a great article. It was in, I read it in the Washington Post. I'm sure it was, um, and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, back, it was back um, earlier this year that said that exercisers who describe themselves as athletes actually exercise more and they take better advantage of the resources and they're actually healthier than people who say, who describe themselves as going to the gym or working out. There's something absolutely critical with claiming a new identity because when we when we can claim a new identity, we can actually begin to overcome that can't, don't, should cycle. And we can actually begin to create a new identity as somebody who is continually growing, continually improving. Habits are great and they're critical for our growth. But we tend to stick more closely to a habit when we see ourselves as the kind of people who do that thing, whatever that thing is. So it's much easier to develop a habit of managing your schedule or being on time if we think of ourselves as a timely person. And we can actually begin to create a new identity of, of this lifelong learner, lifelong transformer somebody who is constantly growing, continually improving. And it's then in, this, in that third step in our cycle where we can begin to introduce habits. Habits that are now consistent with our new identity. Because what happens is when we think of ourselves as a certain kind of person, we can then focus on 
first developing that keystone habit. So what's the habit that will make the most difference in your life? And when we create a new identity, we build that keystone habit. We let success actually breed on success. And we can build a whole new habit stack because now we start to believe ourselves. You know, one of the problems with habits, it's similar, it's actually quite similar to what a lot of, a lot of us who have dealt with addiction deal with, which is that in addiction for, for years, many of us, we told ourselves we would change. We told ourselves we would be different and we weren't. And so it's not just that we disappointed the people around us, we disappointed ourselves. Like we stopped believing ourselves when we said we were gonna change. So contemplating the change, starting in the head, creating a new identity, moving into the heart, and then using our gut to do the work and do the work consistently allows, allows success to breed upon success. And that becomes then the next part of the cycle. And the fourth thing is we can then develop a new imagination about new ways we could grow. So as we begin to develop a new identity, we develop a new habit stack. We can, we can now actually imagine new transformations. And that cycle joyfully begins all over again. So I'd love to share more with you about that. I, like I said, I'm putting, I'm putting this infographic in the show notes and my course, which comes out October 1st, which will be on Teachable. It's called How to Create Lasting Transformation in Your Life. We'll have a whole section on habits. Now, one other thing that I wanted to talk to you about while we're on this subject of habits is a new idea that I'm working out. And um, I don't mind working things out in public. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll let me share an idea that's pretty fresh in my head, but I've, I feel really strongly about, which is what I've begun to call the habits journey. And see if this makes sense to you. So, you know, early on in life, we do or don't develop habits based on external motivations. So, you know, our, our mom gets us up to go to school or she doesn't. You know, our dad makes us cut the lawn or he doesn't, right? We, we develop these external motivations and those early in life, it's often parental figures, although some of us have, some people have pain and trauma where they didn't have a parental figure. Um, helping them to develop habits early on. And then what do we do? We, we go to college, perhaps, and we trade mom and dad for a resident assistant and a teacher. And then we graduate from college and we trade the teacher for a boss. And we are all externally motivated in our habits and in our habit stack. We all have a habit stack whether we recognize it or not. We're all externally motivated in our habit stack by culture. And often it's true for some of us that the external motivation was just a sense of survival. You know, if we had to do certain things in order to be fully human and to get through a particular tough time in our life, it's Perhaps true that we developed a habit because we were externally motivated to develop that habit. And 
That's often where we start, but we cannot grow if we are stuck in a cycle of external motivation. We cannot grow if our motivation for change is coming from outside of ourselves. It's coming from a mom, dad, boss culture survival. That is not a model for sustainable transformation. What we often turn to after that is what's called, what I call goal-seeking habits. I want to lose weight. I want to be in better health. I want to make more money. I want to feel better, right? And those are goal-seeking habits. They're, they're exchanges in a way, which is I'll push back from the plate if my scale tells me I'm doing the right thing. I'll drive by Starbucks if the next time I check my bank account, there's an extra $5 in there or whatever. <laughs> I don't go to Starbucks whatever, anymore, whatever Starbucks costs us. And that's goal-seeking behavior. It's not bad, but it, it always involves some sort of exchange. I'll do this if I get that. What I'm coming to recognize in my own habit journey is the incredible value of a third kind of habit, habit, which somebody like Jamie Wheel, for example, would describe as an autotelic habit. This is something about which we are internally motivated. When the habit itself becomes the goal. So, External motivation may say, for example, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do the work that I'm supposed to do because I don't want my boss to be mad at me. Goal seeking says, I'm going to get that report done a day early because I want time to work on something else or I wanna really make sure it's good because I've got a promotion coming up. An autotelic habit says, I'm going to kick ass on this presentation because I'm the kind of person that gives kick-ass presentations. See, it's when the habit itself becomes the goal, when we are engaged in a habit because it helps build our character, when we're engaged in a habit because it deeply connects to our values, when we are engaged in a habit because it embodies who we are want to be and how we want to show up in the world. And so this also is something that I'm going to talk about in the, uh, in the course, how to create lasting transformation in your life. So I appreciate you spending the time with me today to talk about, think about habits. Um, if you would go to the show notes, you can download the, um, the PDF, uh, the infographic on these four steps, how to create uh, a lasting habit stack. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find me on social media if you look on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for Will Sampson Change Coach. And if you'd like to receive my weekly insights, and this is just a short bit of wisdom that comes out once a week, you can head over to willsampson.com and sign up for the newsletter. And please hit the subscribe button below to be notified of the latest episodes. Thanks, everyone, and I will see you next time on the Revolution of Interdependence podcast.